Start off by saying God bless you. Appreciate you and everything. I'm pissed off right now because I had mixed emotions. We won. Kids played really well. But while the game was going on, somebody came in and stole every darn thing I had in my locker room. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Credit cards, wallet, watches. Thank God I had on my necklaces. How? So when I talk about quality, raising the standards, and that goes for everyone, man. Not just the people on the field, not just the coaches, not just the teachers, not just the faculty, but that's everybody, security in everybody. So how do you think it feels coming back after just teary-eyed because the guys have presented me with the game ball, one of the best moments I've ever had in my professional sports career emotionally. And then you go into your locker room, your coach's office to digress, and you notice and you don't even have a phone to call your mama, to call your girl, to call your, your kids because it's been stolen. You don't even have the the scully hats that you wore here. We're gonna find out who did it. Let's flush that. Jackson State, the I love. Wonderful game. Defense played the butts off. You guys, I want my I'm I'm one hundred, y'all know how I get down. That pissed me off today, man. And that you don't know. Come on, man. That don't even make sense. So, so I'm very transparent. And I'm gonna always be transparent with y'all. And uh, I just ask y'all to be transparent and keep it 100 with me. Coach, was it only your stuff that was only it? my stuff? Okay. Target, man. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Thank you. God bless y'all. Following Sanders' news conference, the school told ESPN that his items were misplaced and found. But Sanders disputed that the items were misplaced in a series of tweets later Sunday saying that his assistant walked in on a man in the process of committing the theft. And following Dion's tweet, the school said several items belonging to Coach Prime were taken from the locker room. Those items were quickly recovered and returned. Stephen A., what did you think of Dion's overall coaching debut? Well, it was a spring football game. They won 53 to nothing, if I remember correctly. Um, so I'm happy about that. Knowing him the way that I do, uh, we're friends, we're brothers. I know what coaching means to him. I know how passionate he is about it. And although I would have loved to have seen him get the job at Florida State, and I think Florida State made a mistake by not uh, hiring their superstar. Uh, you know, obviously he's an alum of Florida State. I'm very, very proud that this guy is associated with HBCUs because y'all both know how near and dear HBCUs are to me, uh, being a graduate of Winston-Salem State, which is an HBCU. Having said all of that, here's what I would say about his reaction to getting his items stolen. It's incredibly unfortunate. Um, it's embarrassing uh, to Jackson State. Um, I feel terrible that that happened to him. Um, I haven't had an opportunity to talk to him about this yet. My immediate reaction is that I would have handled it differently, however. And the reason why I would have handled it differently is because the actions of a few, uh, the criminal act, uh, the unfortunate actions, 
um, the embarrassing actions should not be a reflection on Jackson State. But that is how it may be inhaled and grasped and interpreted by those on the outside. HBCUs have incredible challenges, as you all know that I've highlighted on many, many occasions. Um, in terms of notoriety, cachet, interest, um, support, financial and otherwise, uh, it is a challenge for historically black colleges and universities to receive those things. This does not help. It doesn't help when you go in front of the cameras on national television. Although it's true, and although his emotions are totally, totally understandable, I'm not blaming him for anything. I'm simply saying that if it were me, I would have handled it differently. Um, I wished he had handled it differently because I think that people are going to use that as an excuse to sit up there and say, all right, now tell me why my child should go to Jackson State. And those are the way that, you know, when people are against you and you are operating behind a proverbial eight ball and you have those challenges coming up, unfortunately, that's how things are interpreted. So I wish he had handled it in-house in a more private manner rather than publicizing the fact that his stuff was stolen. That's, that's my only thing. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For live streaming sports and premium content, subscribe to ESPN+. Fellow teammates, welcome to another episode of the Move Swiftly podcast. I am your host, Aswan Crookshank, the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting and author of Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork. Teammates, back when I was a kid, I had a friend that I played football with. His name was JR. And there were times in which J.R. would spend the night over my house and I would go over his house. We would have our sleepovers, all that kind of stuff, all the stuff that you do as kids. All right. Now, there had a time in which J.R. came over to my house and the next morning, my sister was to drop him to his house, drop him back home. And I could remember before she dropped this home, she stopped, she dropped us off at a 7-Eleven, right? There was a 7-Eleven uh, close to where I lived and she dropped us off at the 7-Eleven to get something. And right before, right after we got out the car, before we walk into the 7-Eleven, <laughs> JR comes to me and goes, hey dog, hey, we can't go in there. They're gonna look at us, dog. They're gonna look at us. They think we, they're gonna think we stealing something, right? And you know, I, I grew up in the suburbs. I was like, come on, man, hey, that, that's not, those, those days are done. Not gonna happen, all right? <laughs> So JR and I, we go into the 7-Eleven, and you see the Asian lady, the Asian cashier, she's just looking at us the whole time, looking at us the whole time, wondering if we're going to steal something. Now, JR turned out to actually be right. <laughs> and the entire time, this lady's looking at us, and I'm like, what? I mean, I was shocked to be racially profiled at that point. All right, and it's interesting, too, because I got into, when, I, when my sister came and picked us up, when she finally came and picked us up, I told my sister, I'm like, man, I, I can't believe it. I was just, I mean, I was being looked at like I was going to steal something. And my sister goes, 
that she needs she is the last person that needs to be racially profiling anyway when her kind ain't supposed to be in this country. All right. But that's besides the point. That that brings me to the topic of today's discussion. It's about this concept of stealing. And this this recording is coming on the off the heels of primetime Deion Sanders announcing to the world that something was stolen from his desk during a football game. And I really got into the debate between him and there was not, that wasn't necessarily a debate, but there was a, a disagreement between he and Stephen A. Smith about how it was handled. Stephen A. Smith wished that he wouldn't have publicized it that much. And primetime obviously didn't care. You know, he's 100 transparent type of guy, all that. And I could see both sides of the story. I'm not coming out pro or, or taking anybody's side. It just kind of got me thinking about that time in which I was racially profiled and what we do, what we have to deal with as African-American men where we're always being judged, always being expected to, to do some harm. This is the problem. I'm going to give you a few stories. Here's the problem. All right. <laughs> There was a time, there was a time in which I was in high school. This is after I grew up a little bit. I was in high school. And again, ironically, another 7-Eleven. The high school I went to, and it was good counsel, but it was the good counsel in Wheaton High School, in Wheaton, Maryland. And in the when, when we were in Wheaton, there was a 7-Eleven that was walking distance. It was a 7-Eleven that was walking distance from the school. And after school, a lot of times we would go walk over to the 7-Eleven, pick something up, pick up some snacks, Slurpees, whatever it is. We'd always do that. And they had a time in which a group of us went to this 7-Eleven. <clears throat> and once we got back, <laughs> once we got back to the locker room, and, you know, we were all football players, once we got back to the locker room, there was a conversation that I, you know, and I was a real shy, reserved guy back then. I would sit back and listen and peep game and just kind of watch the way people carry themselves. There was a conversation that was happening between two of the players, two of my teammates at that point. And he asked, I think it was like a candy bar or something that he had. And one of the teammates asked, hey, how'd you get that candy bar? I didn't see you pick it up. And the guy just nonchalantly says, I stole it. <laughs> I stole it. And, and, and teammates, if I could take you into that locker room for a second, all right? When he said he stole it, it sparked up a, a conversation in which there was acceptance. It's like, you know, the other guy was talking, and he goes, I stole it. Immediately, he goes into stories about how when he was a kid, he, he had these friends that would steal a bunch of stuff, shoplift a bunch of stuff from wherever, and then it turned into like a round table of of, oh yeah, this one stole it. And there was this feeling of acceptance. There was this feeling of coolness. There was this feeling of understanding, okay, that's just who we are as black people, that young black boys, we got to steal some shit. And, and I'm telling you, teammates, I can't fucking take it. I can't take it. It was the most aggravating thing. I One of the most, not the most, but one of the most aggravating things that I think I've ever had to live through. To understand how nonchalantly he said, oh, I stole it, <laughs> I stole it, and then to understand the acceptance that he received once he revealed that. That's why I was racially profiled as a kid. Those 
are the moments. It, it's what we do to ourselves. And listen, teammates, I, I can sit up and I, I speak to you guys about this on every single. I mean, I, it's such a topic that gets me so fired up, as you can see. That is our problem. We have got to eradicate this shit. We have got to end this shit where we we think it's cool because this guy stole something. All of a sudden, he gets accepted. All of a sudden, everyone is talking about, oh, well, this was my situation, and that was my situation about how I stole this, and I oh, was cool. I mean, this is bullshit. Bullshit. And oh, I'm going to tell you why it's bullshit. I'm going to tell you why it's bullshit. A few years later, when I got to Stony Brook University, when I finally, I was a junior, when I was, I was junior in the classroom, and I was at Stony Brook. You, you guys know. You guys have been listening. I played football at Stony Brook University. If it's your first time, now you know. I played football at Stony Brook University in Long Island. There was a player that I had met, and uh, we, we called him Bleas. Bleas was his name, a cornerback. Absolutely fantastic athlete. He was from Piscataway, New Jersey. And, man, he, you, if you guys know anything about Piscataway, New Jersey, they got some of the best football players in the world. They got some bad boys, <laughs> I'm telling you. They got some absolute dogs. And Bleas came in as a... a a real hot shot recruit, really ready to go. He redshirted his first year, but the next year he was going to start. You know, and you could see his body improve, and he actually almost made it to the league. He was that good. He was a very, very good player. And he was ready to start for his freshman year, and that summer he and one of the other players got caught stealing laptops. And teammates, guess what happened? <laughs> got kicked off the team. Got kicked off the team. He ended up having to go to Hampton University, I believe it was, and start over. But no matter what, he his reputation is tarnished. Now, I can't confirm this, but I can almost guarantee that as it was time for him to get to the league, as it was time for him to, to potentially sign that NFL contract, this situation had to have come up as to why did you leave Stony Brook in the first place? You know, as a guy who's from Piscataway, New Jersey, Stony Brook would have been the ideal situation for you. And now it comes back around. And teammates, do you get? Does it feel cool now? Is it cool now to steal a bunch of shit? Is it cool now? Now, do you get my point? Now, do you understand it? Now, with all that being said, I understand. I understand where we as African Americans have this mindset. I understand that we're behind the eight ball. I understand that we're always being brushed off. Everything we try to do is, is being ignored in some way, shape, form, or fashion. So I can understand the mentality, the mentality of wanting to steal something. I can understand the mentality of saying to yourself, I got to, if I'm going to make it in this world, I got to go out and take it. I understand that. However, I want to, I'm here to put you on the right path. And the right path is, here's what you steal. You steal information. Steal information. I'm here telling you this, telling you this straight. And if you've attended one of my workshops, you know, when we get to the well-informed situation, when we get to the well-informed part, I tell you in a very passionate way, information is power. When you steal information, then you're talking business. Then you're in that place. And it, this extends beyond black, white, blue, green, yellow. Stealing information. 
As a matter of fact, listen, I, I have another story. I have another story, just, just as I'm thinking of it, because I don't, want, I don't want this to be just a black and white thing. There was another player when I was in high school. There's another football player. His name was Pat Lazare. Pat Lazare was an absolute beast, all right? Another linebacker, an absolute beast. He didn't play at good counsel. He played at Bethesda Chevy Chase, BCC High School. I believe it was BCC High School. I, I can't, no, no, it was Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman High School. He played for Walt Whitman in Bethesda. And let me tell you, teammates, I was, I, I, honestly, I was afraid because he was going to transfer to good counsel. I remember Coach Malloy brought him on a tour, and he was considering transferring to good counsel. And that was it. I wouldn't have started had Pat Lazare decided to transfer to good counsel because a lot of his friends had gone to good counsel and things like that. Listen, he was an absolute dog. I mean, huge look. Like, when, I remember looking at him in his face one time, and it looked like a little Brian Urlacher. No bullshit. Like a little Brian Urlacher. White boy. Can ball. Can absolute ball, absolutely ball. And let me tell you, there was a situation in which he got caught. I mean, he had offers everywhere. Offers the whole nine. And he got caught stealing. There was some plot that he and a friend had where they were going to steal this and steal that. And like overnight, he lost all his scholarship offers. Lost them all. Lost him. And he ended up playing at West Virginia, I believe. But this was, I mean, he could have had some major, major, major schools. Major schools. Everyone was on. I mean, you're talking about someone that could have been probably one of the best linebackers to come out of the state of Maryland. And once he got caught with that stealing, he was ruined. And in fact, there was a, there was a talk. Coach Malloy gave us a talk once that happened because, you know, we were trying to recruit him to the team or whatever. But Coach Willard talked to us after. <laughs> he talked to us after it went down. It was all over the news because it was like apparently they went into somebody's house. I, I, I don't want to give too much because I don't know the details of it. But Coach Malloy, as in Coach Malloy spoke to us as a team, and he goes, look, this guy is ruined. He's ruined overnight, like just, just like that, ruined. He had the whole world. He had everything. Ruined, and he spoke to us from a warning place. All right, so I tell you guys that because I don't want you guys to think I'm just targeting black people on this. This is everyone. This is everyone listening in, everyone who thinks that they're invincible, everyone who, who feels like I could just steal something and get away with it. It's so important that you, that you understand what I'm getting ready to tell you. Stealing information, stealing information, jot that down. Stealing information is what it is you need. When I say stealing information, I don't mean like cheating on a test or cheating on an exam. I mean, when you see somebody, when you see somebody who's doing what you want to do, when you see somebody who is in a place where you aspire to be, you really watch their mannerism. Watch how they conduct themselves. Watch how they answer certain questions. Just watch how they move around and things like that. Just, just watch them, pick their brain, take notes, be a pest, do whatever you have to do. And that's what you steal. That's how you get ahead. All this quick fix shit where you, you feel like you got to steal some laptops or you got to go in and steal a car. Or you got to go into someone's house and steal jewelry and all this other bullshit. That's going to get you nowhere. It's going to get you nowhere because it's just a quick fix. Just a quick fix. Just like the person who stole whatever was stolen out of Deion Sanders' desk. Just a quick fix. It's not going to get you anywhere. What's going to get you somewhere is when you steal information. 
when you're at a job, you're working, you're just like me, you know, and I didn't know how to hold mitts and I was looking and watching the way my colleague hold it, was holding mitts and I was learning and I was stealing information from him and I was learning how to do it my way and maybe put my own spin to it. You know, in the books that I write, there's, there's things that I research and I make sure I give the people credit. However, I'm stealing information in a way because I know it's going to make someone else better. That, that is the mentality that we have to have. All right. Listen, be smart, guys. And I can talk for days. I can talk for hours and hours and hours and hours on this particular subject. As you guys can see, I can come up with story after story after story. It's one of those things that I can continue and continue to talk about. I can't stress the importance enough of understanding stealing the information is how you get ahead in life. All right. Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We'll talk more soon. What are you two doing sitting there? Plotting? Yeah, we plot. Plot and steal. To steal what? <laughs> to steal the information. All of it. Yeah, but whose information is it? The more you learn about this system, the more upset you get. Oh, my dear Mr. Williams. <laughs> Peppermint? Hmm? Information is power. If you don't have the information, one cannot seize power. You need to think about becoming mentally competitive. Being black does not free you from being a responsible individual. Yeah, but being a responsible individual don't free you from being black, now do it. <laughs> That's right. Poor misguided soul. You have yet to learn the rules of this game. He will. I don't want to. See, I'm smart enough to know it's not my game to play. Just a pawn like everybody else. Used intelligently, a pawn can create a checkmate, Mr. Williams. Or become a very powerful player himself. Don't you understand? This is all a game. All of this. Like basketball, football. Mr. Big Time Trackstar, a game. You play it, and you play it to win. Because in the real world, no one wants to hear excuses or empty rhetoric. No. I want to know if you have a plan. Right. Mr. Williams, Mr. White, good afternoon. All right. Mr. White? Have you had this class before? Yeah, I had this class once. Maybe twice. Let's roll. Mr. Williams, you have a plan. Nobody wants to hear that bullshit. Look at more drums.